You are listening to a True North Eager Beaver Media Podcast. True North Eager Beaver podcasts are proudly brought to you by our founding sponsors, the Miss V Mysteries from Corvid Moon Publishing, your source for science fiction, fantasy, and cozy mysteries featuring a broad diversity of characters. CanadianTarot.com, your uniquely Canadian online eclectic tarot community and forum, and the Peppermaster, hot pepper sauces made from fresh farm ingredients to thrill your taste buds and expand your mind. And welcome to season three and episode number 192 of the Daily Beaver Morning Show here on the Cryer Media Network. Today, pretty. <laughs> I love saying that. We gotta make that a sound. <laughs> Today, recording day is Wednesday, August 23rd, 2023. Yes, it is a double blue day uh, here at the Beaver Lodge. <laughs> Again, we did not coordinate. Um, <laughs> it's amazing how we seem to be all on the same wavelength a lot these days. Uh, we sync up. You, you know where I was going with that. <laughs> well played. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. Oh, man. Uh, and it's going to be a lovely day here at the Beaver Lodge. Maybe a small chance of showers for uh, an hour or two sometime this afternoon, but apparently uh, beautiful weather aside from that here today. I'm your host, the Eager Beaver, pronouns he, him, hey, Mr. Beaver, eh? And with me as always, as you have heard, is my dear friend, Mr. Grizzly. Of course, a big thank you goes to our founding sponsors, The Pepper Master, The Miss V Mysteries from Corvid Moon Publishing, and CanadianTarot.com. Thank you so much for your stalwart support. We really appreciate it. We have a Wednesday morning nibble for you, but before we do anything else, Mr. Grizzly, good morning, and how's your mental health today? Oh, good morning, uh, Mr. Beaver. Uh, mental health-wise, um, better than yesterday. Yeah. Uh, improvement over that for sure. 
Um, I'm, I'm, you know what? I'm not fully awake yet, and I've been up since 4 a.m. Oh, wow. Okay. Which is wow. tough because, you know, I just, I don't boom, 4 a.m. I was wide awake. Mm. This morning, I did need the alarm. So it did oh, yeah. ring at 6.30. Um, the problem is, is that um, I have this little thing called uh, Do Not Disturb on my phone that I put on when I sleep at night. So the alarm yeah. overrides that. So uh, I got up and I heard the alarm and I turned it off. And then for some reason, I was still hearing an alarm. Because yesterday, um, Beaver Sweetie and I made the mistake of going into the black hole called Costco. <clears throat> Yeah, we left home at around 1.40 in the afternoon, and I said, please, 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 let's not make it a two-hour trip this time. We got home at 5. <laughs> yeah, because I decided, because uh, you've seen the state of my phone, I have dropped it a couple of times, and you know, glass is kind of chipped, and all it takes is one day of rain for it to fall in the right spot, and mm, there it goes. Take a night, so, and I figured, well, you know, it's back to school time, and you know, I've had this phone for uh, quite a while. So I figured, why not take a look to see if there's any deals on the phone? And there was. At Home Depot? No, no, not Home Depot, at Costco. Oh, okay. Yeah. Sure. And uh, the one thing that I hate the most about upgrading my phone is that it can't be just a 10-minute thing. No. Going any, like this, you're there for an hour and something every yeah. damn time and there's only mm -hmm. one or two people working there and if there's three people in line before you like this you're probably standing there for two hours before someone even gets to you yeah. because every single person they process takes like 40 something minutes if not more Ugh. so i did all of mine and that's the moment the beaver sweetie decides hey i think i'll do mine too <sighs> so <laughs> So much. We left at one. I swear to God, I will not. I'm not lying. We left at one forty in the afternoon. I had a tennis match at six thirty. We got home just in time for me to get there. <laughs> I'm gonna. I'm gonna ask you how your tennis match went because I'm gonna think you might have been a little frazzled and probably really tired. I was, and um, fortunately slash unfortunately, uh, after one game. Uh, my opponent, who had decided that they were walking 20,000 steps that day, popped a blister and couldn't keep playing. So oh. I, I swear, man, I was biking there and I was thinking, oh, God, I wish I could just stay home. I'm so tired. This is going to go so terribly. And I won the first game. One zero, I won the, the first game went to four deuces right off the bat. And I won at 1-0. And then we were like got 40 love, 440, 30 in the second whatnot. And then she just like stops and she goes, I think I just popped a blister. <laughs> I can't walk. <laughs> it's like, well, I don't have to worry about my legs giving up before your blister popped. <laughs> We're eating breakfast. Let's not talk about talk about that anymore. <laughs> uh, it's just water. Uh, I, uh, Ellen says, "What kind of phone?" Uh, 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 Google Pixel Seven. Oh, nice. That's what it's recommended to me. Uh, I have but, the six A, so the seven yeah. you'll you'll like it. So what they did though is they transferred all the data, right, from one to the other. Well. When they say they transferred everything, they really transferred everything because the other alarm ringing was the alarm on the new phone in a mm. whole other room. <laughs> and I'm looking all over, where is this thing? Let's not wake up the beaver, sweetie. Let's not wake up. Yeah. So my phone somehow keeps going into do not disturb mode. 
And I don't want that. I want it on silent mode. It just mm-hmm. keeps defaulting to do not disturb, mm-hmm. which really is upsetting to me because you miss calls all day long, all day calls and messages yes. all day long. I don't get them. And I'm too. like, all of a sudden, what the hell? Why do I have six voicemails? Huh? I mean, a lot of it is crap, right? But it's the important message. I I had to call somebody back uh, two weeks ago, and I said, look, I'm really sorry. This is going to sound funny, but I'm going to chalk it up to I don't know why it's doing it. I said, I work in IT. I work in tech. I work in video production, and I, I work with computers all day, every day. That's my life. He goes, okay. I go, my phone has been switched to do not disturb mode for, I have no idea how long, and I don't know how it did it because I didn't do it. I said, I wasn't getting calls. I wasn't getting text messages. The only thing that were coming through were email, WhatsApp, uh, messenger, and Instagram. And actually Instagram, I have notification turned off. I just go check it once in a blue moon. Yeah. And he's like, oh, he goes, don't worry about it. It happens. I go, I'm so sorry. Let me pay this bill right now. I said, I really didn't know. (laughs) We had a good laugh about it. I said, why do you want? I'm 55. He goes, goes, I don't really think that's an excuse, sir. I'm like, yeah, you're right. I've been doing this shit for 40 years. (laughs) (laughs) You know. Oh, my. Bell and Virgin are probably going to be harassing me for a couple of days because I've had to, my credit card was damaged. So I had to order a new one and the automatic billing went through. And it's like, sorry, this didn't go through. Well, of course not, because my credit card's not active until the one arrives. That happens. (laughs) All right, Mr. Grizzly. uh, There's some stuff in the news. Um, Mm -hmm. I want to start a a little bit just with a bit of an update uh, for our friends uh, who are uh, affected by the wildfires. Um, In uh, Northwest Territories, uh, we mentioned yesterday that uh, people had uh, receiving a $750 uh, amount if they had to leave to help cover costs. Um, sorry, I have to cough. Okay, you can go ahead and do that. I'll just uh, pardon me. Provide um, me some dulcet tones. Thank you, uh, but pardon me for that. Um, and uh, the premier says that all needs will be considered. Um, Finance Minister Carolyn Wozniak says the programs that we have set up for natural disaster evacuations, of which we've sadly had too many in the last couple of years, they are not designed to deal with the kind of situation that we're in. People won't be able to get back if we don't have, uh, you know, if we don't have these programs in many, many cases. Uh, because while the costs of the evacuation, for example, if you had no way out and you had to take a plane, were covered, um, the cost to return. Or you're at oh, your own cost, except that 68% to 70% of the population of the territory has been evacuated. Usually the programs for evacuations are usually meant to deal with a certain area or region, but not an entire territory or province. Mm. <laughs> so, um, yeah. Um, they're trying to offer some research. As the premier says, some people that leave by vehicles do have house insurance. We're asking people to look into that. Some people are financially better off, but we have people that are working poor, so we need to make sure that we're addressing their needs as well. Um, so it looks like they will be discussing uh, other ways to help people have get some funding to get home. So please do not despair yet. Um, it's just, you know, they're handling a lot of things all at once. So. Mm-hmm. 
not everything is going to be resolved as quickly as people would like for peace of mind, but they are working on it. Uh, the fire is still 15 kilometers from the outskirts of Yellowknife, which is good. As we mentioned yesterday, there's worrying more about Hay River and Fort Smith at the moment. Uh, in the BC interior, uh, rain and potentially thunderstorms are in the forecast for some of the hardest hit areas, which is good, but they could bring lightning, mm-hmm. which is bad. So yeah. uh, fingers crossed that there's enough rain and moisture in there. Uh, the McDougal Creek fire is still burning out of control. Um, the number of homes destroyed uh, in West Kelowna by the fires, or number of structures, I should say, is up to 90 now. Um, yesterday, wow. we were reporting 50. Um, that's, in, that's, that's pretty catastrophic. Yeah. Uh, in uh, Hawaii... Uh, 115 people have been confirmed dead so far, but 1,100 are still unaccounted for. Um, John Peltier, the Lahaina police chief, says that every single structure or area that's been damaged by the fire is being and will be searched for human remains so that we can recover loved ones. Once the search is done, I can't guarantee nor can anyone say that we got everybody. 2,000 people on 9-11 were not recovered. We don't have that type of devastation with the towers, but we have an entire town that's destroyed. Mm-hmm. Uh, investigators are asking police to pro- uh, asking the public to provide DNA samples to help identify family and human remains, and to continue to report any missing persons. Um, with regard to the warning systems and the communication systems, uh, there's a whole system of sirens uh, in Hawaii mm-hmm. uh, that were not um, kind of like the old system. Mm-hmm. Yeah that were not made to ring and people are complaining uh, that that should have happened. The reason for which, according to officials, uh, and the main official uh, in charge of that uh, has resigned a couple of days after citing uh, health issues, mm-hmm. um, because he's probably getting it from all sides, but they said they made a decision strategically not to make those sirens ring because those sirens are usually used in the case of tsunamis and they warn people to go to higher ground towards the interior, which is exactly where the fire was. Well, yeah, so that would have driven people directly to the fire then. By Now, a lot of people are thinking, well, gee, we would have gone outside and seen the flames and we wouldn't have gotten run towards them. We would have figured out it was something right. else. Other people are thinking, well, okay, yeah, but what if you did ring them and everybody ran to the interior and then people got burned to a crisp? Yeah, that's it. And, and, and come on, let's face it. Um, I hate to admit it, but most people are stupid. Well, that's <laughs> right. So you... Um, now the real running gut, gee, maybe we should have had like two or three different tones. Sarcasm. Yes. Sarcasm. Yes, yes. But maybe we should have like two, th- two, three different tones, or maybe if it's yes. like once it's a tsunami, twice it's a fire, but they're going to have to adapt systems mm-hmm. like that. All, everybody around the world now that has a system like that, that warns only about one thing is now looking at hmm, others. Yeah. Maybe we well, should, because makes, people are trained to hear that and then, yes. okay, you, you don't have to look to see what's going outside. You it's just a tsunami go. coming, you just go. Well, it makes me wonder if if they thought seriously, well, you know, people might, it depends on where you are, you might not see the flames. So if they go to higher ground, right. it, I don't know, it, they, they probably had a quick committee hearing and had lots of input from a lot of people. And then one person says, I'll make the decision, I'll take the responsibility. Yeah. But this yeah, is not like you know, Porter Peak where we decided like, just not to send the tweet. Mm-hmm. This was... Mm-hmm. If we do this, X might happen. If we don't do this, Y might happen. Which one has the bigger risk? And somebody made a call. Exactly. And, and you know what? You, there is, unfortunately, in an instance like that, you'd make the call and you live with it. Yeah. Because you, you don't know if the other one would have been the right one. 
and, and, and in hindsight being 2020 call right you still don't know even with hindsight you still don't know if the other one would have been the right call you don't you make the best decision you can with the information you have at the time and you live with it and that's that's uh that's not easy man and there's no lack of armchair quarterbacks so yeah you know you're going to get it from every side possible yeah uh, it's not a decision you want to have to be in a position of making no you know i I, I, the more I think about it, the more I think of how difficult of a decision that must have been. Yeah. Oh, it's an impossible decision. Right? You know. You're getting, you're, you know you're going to no get No matter it. what. Right. Exactly. No matter what. Yeah. Um, in Australia, they're getting ready for their fire season. Uh, and um, David Bowman, who's a professor at the University of Tasmania, uh, mentioned something in an interview that uh, many nations are going to have to start considering, but fire bunkers much in the way that we, some places have tornado bunkers. Uh, so underground with a window for mm -hmm. situational awareness, a hatch and oxygen tanks. He says, if you think about it, it's a form of biomimicry. It's just like wombats will go down their burrows while the humans can go into the bunkers. Mm -hmm. But uh, that, this might need to be infrastructure that governments are now going to have to start to consider if we're talking about adaptation and mitigation. Yeah, in different parts of the world for sure. Yeah. Because you can't, you're looking at like the uh, backyard bomb shelter in the 50s, right? From the, the Cold War scare that uh, there, there were some built in Canada, but not many, um, not nearly as many as in the, in the U.S. Uh, for various reasons. I think there was a government program at the time that helped assist to a certain degree, but I could be wrong about that. Mm -hmm. But you do have people who now build, um, what are they, you know, you can build safe rooms in your home. Yep. Panic, panic rooms, I think they call them panic rooms, yep. safe rooms. I, I don't know. I can't, I can't be bothered. Uh, but they also are building um, underground bunkers that are quite, I, I watched a documentary about them recently, and they're, they're really quite something. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Now, as of midnight, British Columbia has lifted its travel ban in most of the region of the interior. West Kelowna is still off limits until September 4th at a minimum. Uh, Emergency Management Minister Bowen Ma is quoted as saying, so for tourists and travelers, please still continue to avoid non-essential travel to any other communities that are messaging out that now is not the time to visit. Please, please be aware that the situation is still dynamic. Uh, Premier Ibi uh, visited Kamloops, then Salmon Arm, then Kelowna yesterday with Forest Minister Bruce Ralston, uh, Emergency Preparedness Minister Bowen Ma, and the Federal Emergency Preparedness Minister Harjit Sajan. Uh, Patty Haidu, Minister of Indigenous Services, is quoted as saying yesterday, when you're evacuated and on top of that you're worrying about whether or not you're going to have enough money to make it through just your day-to-day -day expenses, that's a very stressful situation. We have committed to cover all eligible evacuation costs and recovery costs, which are still undetermined because, of course, the fire is still burning. We'll be there with cash flow problems. This is a really very difficult situation to manage for chiefs and councils. Often communities are very small and have very little capacity. Focus will be on helping people deal with disruptions like lost incomes and documents with financial assistance and recovery. Uh, so please, uh, again, don't panic. People are working on solutions. And again, if you know people that are there who may not have access to this information because, you know, not a lot of uh, cell battery or maybe they didn't have time to grab their phone or whatnot uh, and they're, or you're in contact with them and somehow please make sure that uh, they're getting this information. Uh, let's see. Um, there are some locals that say that they've been abandoned, particularly in the Shushwap area. Uh, 
Forest Tower, a provincial fire information officer is on record as saying, we're having garbage thrown at fire trucks as they're trying to work in that area. What? Yeah. It's to the point where it's really impacting operations, some of the stuff that's happening there. It's not the vast majority of those communities that have stayed behind and that are working. I understand why they're there. Again, I'm not going to encourage it. We want people to leave, but the reality is that there are people there. Uh, It seems that people are saying that, uh, thank God we stayed because the few structures that have been saved in our area is because we stayed and saved them. Mm -hmm. And uh, it seems that... uh, there are some issues with uh, help getting in. There's one uh, resident of the area that's quoted as saying, why isn't it somebody higher up trying to help? There are police boats at the shore stopping supplies and fuel. What's the logic in that? So don't know what's going up and what's going on in the Shushwap area, but um, yeah. In that area, fewer than 200 buildings. Now we say fewer only to say because it's below 200, but uh, that's not a small amount. Fewer than 200 buildings were destroyed, uh, but the number could rise because, again, a full assessment hasn't had a chance to have been Mm -hmm. done yet. (sighs) Well, I'm just going to read this headline to you, byline from the the Toronto Star. It says, In Alberta, oil profits trump the need to confront climate change. The skies are filled with smoke, but the intentions of those who profit from petroleum have never been clearer. The lure of money for the government treasury from oil and natural gas royalties, the lure of profits for oil company executives and shareholders, due to current high prices, trumps the devastation and suffering caused by climate change. Pretty incendiary, but here's the thing. A a few people will make a lot of money. Oh, yeah. And they don't give a shit about anybody else. Yeah. There are always people that will make money in a disaster, right? They don't care. They don't care. Yeah. I got mine. Screw you. That's yep. their attitude. That's their attitude. Um, Mike Westwick, who's uh, the uh, wildfire information uh, officer in uh, Northwest Territories, when talking about Hay River and Fort Smith, he says, it is definitely not safe to come back to these communities. Some really challenging days ahead here, temperatures in the mid to high 20s, winds going in unfavorable directions, fires that are just four and eight kilometers respectively from these communities. So the fires there are even closer than the one is to Yellowknife, which is still 15 kilometers outside the city and being kept at bay. Uh, the World Weather Attribution uh, Group examined severe conditions called peak fire weather And uh, Jan Boulanger, who's a research scientist with Natural Resources Canada, says, vegetation was very fire prone, very dry. And that's pretty much why we've had this record fire season in Canada, but also in Quebec with 5.2 million hectares burned this year. Uh, The group used climate models uh, from the past to compare today's climate with a cooler pre-industrial climate. And they've concluded, quote, what was the probability to have these kind of events Uh, that we've had this year under such a cooler climate compared to today. And we have found, actually, that those conditions were much, much, much rarer in the past. The study shows that high winds and dry conditions that fueled this year's fires are now at least twice as likely to happen than they were before, and 20 to 50% more intense than they were before, with human-caused climate change at fault. The report is not yet peer-reviewed, but they have concluded that similar conditions can now be expected to recur every 25 years. Wow. So when they said that this is a once in a millennial or once in a century type thing, once in a hundred year event, you can now expect these to be once every 25 year events. Well, to give you an example of that, uh, we had uh, the once in a century flooding in Ottawa Gatineau 
within a five-year period, twice within a five-year period. Twice. Oh, and, and the previous one was 50 years prior. So once yeah. in a century, that's <laughs> twice in five years, and the last one was 50 years. So yeah. come on. Yeah, exactly. Come on. <laughs> Just, oh, uh, man. Uh, in other news, proving that conservatives, no matter where they are, have never met a bad idea that they will not copy. What a couple now? of days ago, Heather Stephenson, Premier of Manitoba, oh, yes. uh, who is in, uh, will be facing an election in October, has decided that her path to victory runs through harming children because she too has jumped on the, hey, Let's have the school board take very personal information that belongs to children about their gender identity, and let's make that our property so that we can uh, share it with whomever we please, particularly the parents that the children themselves don't feel safe enough telling. And uh, because, again, uh, Premier Slomo loves to say, hold my beer, Yeah, he's already enacted the policy. It was announced and enacted at the same time. I just edgy. Well, this, let's let's just let's just carry this one step further and travel to Italy for a second. Yes. Orphan by decree, Italy's same-sex parents react to losing their rights. Right-wing Prime Minister Giorgia Meloni has demanded councils register only biological parents on birth certificates, leaving partners in legal limbo. Remember when I said she was a fascist dictator? Yeah. We mentioned that at the time, that this is some of the stuff that she was planning. And she did it. She did it. So Italy, if you're watching, if you're tuning in again, I'm really sorry for you. And I hope I hope you can uh, right this wrong as soon as possible because you're what we would call in a backslide right now. You've taken rights away from people. That's never a good thing. And, you know, then somebody might argue, well, I had the right to own a slave once and you took that right away. Oh, come on. Come on. Yeah. There are rights that move society forward and rights that continue to move us forward. By taking away your right to own another human being, we move society forward. By yeah. granting rights to same-sex couples, we move society forward. By taking that right away, we move backwards. Yes. Now, Italian leader, Governor, uh, Italian leader, Giorgia Maloney, uh, has a personal view that a child should only be raised by heterosexual parents. So if the child happens to not have sexual, <laughs> heterosexual parents, uh, we just ter terminate their parental rights. Yeah. Boom. So that, that, what, so yeah. what, what happens now? Yeah, exactly, because that's in the best interest of the child right to be in the yeah. legal limbo. Uh, in the northern city of Padua, the state prosecutor went further, demanding that the 33 birth certificates issued to the children of lesbian couples be changed to remove the name of the non-biological mother. Wow. These children are being orphaned by decree, said Alessandro Zan, a gay politician with the Democratic Party. This is a cruel and inhumane decision. Again, when they say, yeah, think of the children, and let's say for children, um, I'm not sure how this makes children safer. 
The European Parliament called on the Italian government to reconsider its stance. What was taken place in Milan was, quote, a direct breach of children's rights set up by the UN. MEPs, that's members of the European Parliament, noted in an amendment to a 2022 report and, quote, part of a broader attack against the LGBTQI plus community in Italy. Um, back here in Canada, uh, we have um, Education Minister uh, Duncan basically just announcing that uh, that in Saskatchewan this is this is the deal now. Um, Saskatchewan schools uh, must now seek parental consent when children under sixteen want to change their names or pronouns. Uh, now, they always have this wonderful language to make this sound all normal. They're describing this as standardizing its pronoun and naming policies in response to complaints from parents. And again, I'm sure that someone will do a FOIA request over there, and probably like in New Brunswick, they will find out that uh, nobody complained. Nobody. Because, I mean, they always say it's going to come complaints from parents, but when we say, okay, prove, show us those complaints, apparently they're never there. Uh, well, remember, or, remember, remember what we said. The bigger picture here is, folks, the bigger picture here is that these Christo-fascist religious zealots, these homophobic bigots are getting involved with civic politics at the municipal level and getting involved with school boards first. And then after that, they try and take everything over. Yeah. Our democracy is on a slippery slope right now. And if we don't pay attention, we will lose it. That's why we need to show up for things and run for stuff. Quote, my view is that the default position can't be how do we keep this from the kids' parents. The default position needs to be how do we provide that student with the support so that they are comfortable with their parents knowing what decisions they want to make. No, 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 no. A thousand times, if times infinity, no. The default position is not how do we keep this from the kids' parents. Nobody is saying how do we Nobody's keep this that. from the kids' parents. Nobody's the saying that. The is not to keep this information from the kids' parents. It is to honor the child as an individual human being that exists independently, that has its own feelings and personality. So and it, it sounds to me... And everything. It sounds to me like they want to have their right to own people. Yes, Yes. And then how do we provide that student with the support so that they are comfortable with their parents knowing what decision they want to make? What if the situation is that the student will never be comfortable with that? Then what do you do? You put mm -hmm. him in a room with more adults who pressure him or her or them to make a decision have, that they do not these. want to make, that they know <laughs> or fear will result in something terrible happening to them? No. Well, then you have these wackos who show up at children's sporting events and demand to see their genitals. The default position is not how do we keep this from the kids' parents or how do we share this with the kids' parents. The default position is what's in the best interest and safety of the child. That's this it. Is not That's the end of the discussion right exactly. there. That's the end of the discussion. Nothing more. You have to consider what is in the best interest of the and child? And you have to consider the possibility that telling the parents may not be in the best interest of the child in every freaking situation. That's right. Because you don't know. You don't know. You're not involved in that child's life from their family. You are involved in that child's life maybe as a teacher and you see them six hours a day. And your job is to create an environment that's safe for them to learn so that they become, they can maximize their potential. 
Nothing more, nothing less. The information in question is not the property of the Minister of Education or the Ministry of Education. It is not the property of school boards. It is not the property of teachers to share with anyone whatsoever for any reason whatsoever other than the risk of self-harm by the child upon themselves or harming others. At some point, it's going to happen with these rules that a parent will be told and reject their child. And when that child ends up trafficked or sexually assaulted or dead, Mm -hmm. school boards and ministries of education are going to be sued into oblivion. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So here's how we spin this in a positive light. Here's how we spin this in a positive light. Hey, fiscal conservatives, you do realize when what Mr. Beaver just described happens, and if you go through with this, it will. That's your tax dollar. School boards are municipal funded. Your tax dollars, you're going to have to pay through the nose for a settlement in the death of a child because of your ignorance in, in, in ignorance of their rights as a living, breathing, autonomous human being. Now, you don't seem to care about the rights of the child, but I think it's interesting that what, what Linda said here, these are the same people who say that fetuses have rights, but the children don't. Right, right. Now, the new policy does require that parents must be told what their children are learning in sex ed. No problem with that. And be allowed to pull them out of class I don't think they should have that right because this is stuff that they need to know. And a lot of kids are not getting this at home. Mm-hmm. But fine. You want the right to pull them out of the class? Fine. You got it. What more do you want? That's where your rights end. Your rights to have other children subjected to what you want to subject your children to is not your right. I just don't understand why this is so difficult for people to understand. Well, of course, there's a whole bunch of people who are paid to not understand this, right? Yes. And, and uh, now, this is, I don't know, man, we're in the upside down times. In response to a question about what he thinks these new rules will do to the province's high teen pregnancy rates, Duncan says, I think it's a larger issue than whether or not a kid has taken sex ed class or not, whether or not their parents have opted out. I think it's a bigger decision than that. And frankly, I think that it's one that the parents, frankly, need to step up and be more involved in. Yes, it would be nice if parents, all parents, proactively at an age early enough where kids should already be learning about consent and kids should learn me telling people, no, I don't want your hands on my body in that way and have the confidence of saying that and all that kind of stuff and know what the rights are because when they're off at little league or at hockey or at soccer or at scouts or somewhere else, something camp. might happen and they need to know their rights beforehand and they need to know to yell stranger danger stranger danger or help or anything that you need to do mm-hmm. because, or they need to know that if something like that ever happens that they can come to mom and dad and tell them because mom and dad will do something about it Yes, these are uncomfortable conversations. Yes, you as the adult may not want to have that. Yes, you as the adult may determine that your child, you know, really it's you who's not ready, but your child is not ready. Because if your child is old enough to ask the question, they're old enough to get an age-appropriate answer. 
Yeah. And when it comes to sex, the child doesn't react to the answer. The child reacts to how do you react to the question. So if you freak out upon being asked the question, that's how the child learns that that thing's bad or icky or whatnot, or ooh, maybe I shouldn't have asked that. You just treat it like it's normal. It's a question. Just give an age-appropriate answer to the question. It's like, yes, more parents should be involved in those discussions. But that is not a reason to go ahead and take information that does not belong to you and make it the property of the state. Okay? Because you have these headlines here in the newspaper, like from the Globe and Mail, saying, Saskatchewan says parental consent needed for name, pronoun, change of students. No, truer headline. Saskatchewan says incredibly personal information about citizens now belongs to the government to do with it what it will. Your freedom has just been usurped, but they started with the kids, so y'all didn't notice the terrifying precedent being set. All you freedom lovers. Mm-hmm. If they can do that about a child, you can say, you know what? You child, we're grownups. We know better. This thing you think about, you know about yourself, we know better. This thing about yourself that's very, very personal and only yours to tell whoever you want to tell in your time when you're ready, we're going to take that and we're going to decide when it becomes public information. Now, not public information that we're going to broadcast on the news at six o'clock and everybody sees it, but we get to tell your parents. Yeah, that's... that's, that's so uh, what happens if you're um, now pregnant? You know, we got a charter challenge here on that one. Does someone tell your husband? Does someone tell your family? What if you ask for birth control? What if you go for an STI test? Oh I think God. there's a charter challenge here. I, I honestly do. S- sir? You're violating their basic human rights. What if you're at the free clinic? It's like, sir, um, oh, you're coming for an STI. Are you married? Yes. Uh, did you get this from your wife or your husband, sir? No, oh, you were out. Oh, well, gee, you weren't very mm. faithful in your marriage. Hmm. Maybe this is information your partner should be aware of. Maybe I should call them. This doesn't belong to you anymore. The government is creating a precedent with these laws of taking mm. very, very deeply personal information that belongs to you and deciding this belongs to us. This is an extremely dangerous legal precedent. And because it's being applied to kids and you want to own your kids, you're okay with it. But once you establish that precedent, it can then be used against you. Same as that that law they wanted to to protect pregnant women. That's just a backdoor to get to to put a form around the law abortion and eventually take that that choice away. It's a medical decision. Yeah. It's a medical it's procedure. A in that's it. Rights. Yeah. That's all it is. That's it. Look, it's a slippery slope. And if you, you do this again, it's incremental losses of rights and they will work on it. They will do it. They'll chip away and chip away and chip away and chip away. And they start here and they will continue. And I'm telling you, same sex marriage will be next. And then contraception. It, There's no probing. end with these people. Right, it's the probing. Transgender, not a lot of people like them. Transgender kids, even 
parental decisions about medical stuff about their kids, even just keep going, right? Like let's take let's, let's find the thing that nobody will stand up for. It sounds, you know, oh my God, well, yes, of course we have to give fetus rights because my God, it's violence against women is terrible, especially pregnant women. Who wouldn't mm-hmm. who wouldn't think that it is terrible to target specifically a pregnant woman? Like this, yeah, let's let's harm her and ruin her, her child. We don't right? need another law around but, it. But everybody pretty much would think that that's a terrible oh, yeah. thing. Why not have a law? Why not have even more strength, strengthen laws against that? Like I said, it's that's, a back door. It's not about that. No. That's just the shield. That's the Trojan horse. That's what it is. And this is the same damn thing. Same thing. It's about protecting kids. It's about parents' rights. Mm-hmm. It's about this. No, it's, it's about not. that. No, it's about taking personal information that belongs to you and making it the property of the state to do with it what it will. And make decisions that can put you in danger with it by how they use it. This is not good. This is not not good. I mean, and you know it's not good because they have to lie to it. Yeah, and you know it's not good because they have to lie to put it in place. We received 150 letters. Oh, really? Let's do a FOIA request. Oh, well, here we go. We sent three. Oh, really? Oh, yeah, 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 we wrote those ones ourselves. After we got the FOIA request, we really, we, really we didn't want we didn't want the public message to be that there were actually none. We wanted to still believe that there were some. After well, they we just they lie and 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 they lie just to advance whatever their cause is for the moment. Again, it's about power and control. Power and control. The money flows with the power and control, of course. So they get that, but it's power and control. The power to control you. I'm not being alarmist. I'm being a realist here. They are stripping away your rights little by little by little by little, and you don't even realize it's happening until someday you have none. Of course, these are the same people who will defend this and then go on about, well, they they robbed our rights away, uh, our right to travel, our right to this during COVID. No. Rules were in place for privileges. Your right to travel about the country was not restricted. Your right to leave the country was not restricted. You just had to meet the rules. And you got to remember, too, a lot of those rules applied to every nation on Earth at the time. If you are not vaccinated, you cannot get on this plane because you cannot leave the country if you are not vaccinated because that country will not accept you and send you back to us at your expense, by the way. Well, that's a lot. That's taken away my right. No. It's a privilege. And if you don't observe the rules that go with the privilege, the rights and responsibilities of that privilege, the privilege is removed. Right. Right. Now, in New Brunswick, when they were talking about policy 713, right, um, the MPs, the the ministers of provincial parliament over there, sent everything to the child advocate, Kerry Lamrock. Well, he's done a study. And he has concluded that while parents do have a right to guide their children, the revised policy 713 grants them an effective veto on their child's identity. And that violates the child's right to privacy, equality, Mm -hmm. as well as accommodation. Quote, 
the parent has a right to teach their values to the child. The parent does not have the right to a state apparatus to force their child to live by those values. That is so well put. Gender identity is a protected ground of the Human Rights Act. The Legislative Assembly made that choice by passing the Human Rights Act, and no policy on delegated authority can override the Human Rights Act, no matter how many people may informally tell infinite politicians they would prefer that children not use pronouns. The law passed by the legislature outlaws that discrimination. Boom. Boom. They are literally doing illegal things to harm children. They're literally violating exactly the Constitution three ways from Sunday for the sole purpose of singling out transgender children, potentially transgender children, for very, very, very special exclusionary treatment. And you and know something. You will not care because they're kids and it's not your business to mess with somebody else's kids, even though they're making it theirs. Mm -hmm. And because they're transgender, nobody cares about them. You know, I learned a very interesting stat yesterday in a, uh, in a um, meeting. And in that stat, um, we had a, a transgender activist uh, who, who let us know, um, because worked with Stats Canada, amongst others, that if a transgender person or a child or a teen has one single adult ally, one, just support from one person, it reduces the likelihood of, um, well, I'll just say it, suicide, mm -hmm. to a normal, a nominal level. And I say nominal and normal. What you know was what's deemed this just happens, right? But it, without that, all of a sudden, you take away that ally, that one adult who is supporting that trans person, child, teen, whatever the case may be. Their rates shoot up right through the roof. One supporter, one ally, one person in their corner can make a difference and get them down to a normal level. And that's, that's, that's huge when you think about it. There are about, in, and I think that the stat I was told was there are just under 1 million people currently in Canada that, that identify as trans. Yeah. It's a very small portion of the population, about a million people, sure, but, but across this country, come on, there's 40, 40 million, 300,000 of us in this country. In a very, we're very spread out. As anyone ever knows, if you tried to make a drive to uh, the prairies from here, it's a long way. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, how are we doing on time, Mr. Grizzly? Got to roll quickly. If you want to start, I got to grab another coffee, though. I'll be right back. Okay. I'll start uh, the, the extra here. Um, kits, that's the end of this episode of the Daily Beaver podcast. We hope that you love listening to us because we loved making this for you. Uh, Kitchen, be a safe place for your kids and also your kids' friends. Yes, 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 absolutely. Be that bitch who makes the world safe for kids. Yes. Remember that sharing is caring and word of mouth is priceless. Let your peeps and poops know about us because democracy is something that you do if you live in Saskatchewan, if you live in New Brunswick, if you live in Manitoba. Let your elected officials and let your media know that you're not down with this. You are not down with this. You didn't ask for this. You don't want this. No. Make a loud noise. Make some noise. Let people know. 
If you really like this podcast, you can find us on the Cryer Media Network as well as all Beaver Grizzly friendly platforms. Stars and reviews are appreciated, so please be generous. And again, once I say make some noise, they fear noise. They fear you, the public. They fear you. If they see a handful of letters, 15 letters, 10, 15 letters, a couple of phone calls, people showing up asking for meetings, they'll start to panic. They'll start to panic. It doesn't take a lot of us. We just have to coordinate. Well, what was that Every, thing that the prime fine. minister said yesterday from, from March 22nd, 2022, we've not done enough to push back against it. No, we haven't. It's like, think finding Nemo, swim down together. Just mm-hmm. keep swimming. Just keep swimming. Just, <sighs> oh, man. Ugh. Frustrates me especially when they're attacking kids. We love to hear from you. Reach us at our Facebook at True North Eager Beaver, at uh, our Twitter feed at True Eager, or by email via truenorthegerbeaver.com. And if you'd like for us to come to you as soon as we have something fresh off our bandwidth, well, then that squiggly that's right under my chin, well, that brings you to our pod page site, sponsored by The Ray Girl, podpage.com slash the True North Eager Beaver. Sorry, let me try that again. The True North Eager Beaver, all in lowercase letters with a hyphen between each one of those words. And yes, please, in that way, you will not miss a thing. Why not also subscribe to our True North Eager Beaver Media Incorporated YouTube channel? That helps us out big time. We're trying to hit 400 first, but we're going all the way to 1,000. And then I know, Mr. I know Mr. Grizzly doesn't like it when I say domination, but. No, 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 no. I don't like that. Beaver word, domination. <laughs> oh come on let me have this i have so little <laughs> my purpose in life is to serve as a warning to others <laughs> we can't do this without your kind and generous support so if you feel that we've done a particularly good show if you watch it you can scan the qr code on the top corner there by mr grizzly's head and that will bring you to the beaver lodge emergency hydration fund if you're listening you go to coffee ko-fi.com slash eager beaver all in one word lowercase letters and that's where you can make your donation to make sure that caesar and coffee and hot chocolate and guinness all show up to the party or basically all show up to work to make sure that we have a show for you tomorrow so keep us moist and uh be generous Thank you, thank you, thank you so much. All right, from the Beaver Lodge, this is your eager beaver saying, until next time, dear kids, please be kind to and very, very, very gentle with yourselves. Mr. Grizzly, some words of wisdom, please. Uh, yeah, because I've been battling the, the anxiety as of late, so I'm going to, this is shameless self-promotion, but it, I know it's helpful to some people, so if you scan the QR code you see on the screen right now, or you can go to my uh, Polly's World um, 2005, I think is my YouTube channel. I really should try and memorize that. For for those who are... I don't have the sponsors down yet. So. For, the, for those who are suffering with, with mental health issues, be it anxiety or depression or whatever the cause... Uh, I'm here to try and provide you with some some peace of mind and some help by by chatting with you in a, in a warm, safe environment uh, where we can uh, openly discuss what we're feeling and how we're feeling. And it's mostly me just talking about what I'm going through, but I find that people in the chat have said, you know, it, it helps me deal with what I'm going through. So I'm like, great, if I can help you, I'm here for you. Yep. All right. Monsieur Grizzly, roulez les crédits, s'il vous plaît. You are listening to a True North Eager Beaver Media Podcast.
The True North Eager Beaver podcasts are proudly brought to you by our founding sponsors, the Miss V Mysteries from Corvid Moon Publishing, your source for science fiction, fantasy, and cozy mysteries featuring a broad diversity of characters. CanadianTarot.com, your uniquely Canadian online eclectic tarot community and forum, and the Peppermaster, hot pepper sauces made from fresh farm ingredients to thrill your taste buds and expand your mind. music love the music um just before we go we had a little little letter hi just love your podcast came across them about two months ago and just love it i have sent letters to my mpp mp commissioner of the opp they will probably show up on my door lg of ontario and even rcmp i am hoping we can get this jerk ford and his minions arrested and jailed resulting in a new election i am hopeful because i do see some of the reporters a few, seem to be at Ford every day, and some articles in the Star have changed. The protest will never stop. We won't let it stop. And now that I'm retired after burnout, I and several of my friends look forward to each protest against this corrupt government. Please keep doing your podcasts. You are doing fantastic work. Thank you, Kit Kathy, with uh, lots of letters, BSCN, CPN, or RN, ORRN. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Everyone, be this bitch. <laughs> right, you just call her a bitch at the Beaver Lodge. Bitch is a compliment. Okay, remember we you, had that show that with the certain you, bitches get stuff done. You you, you can get explain stuff that. done. Get wanna... stuff done. Be that bitch. All right. <laughs> I've got some breaking news from you from uh, Richard Southern from uh, Richard Southern Richard City News. Uh, journalist Queens Park reporter uh, at Richard City News on the on the Twitter or the Z or the Z or the X or whatever the hell it's called now. Breaking the OPP says it's referred the Greenbelt matter to the RCMP. Boom. OPP yes. statement to avoid any potential perceived conflict of interest. Yes. We know there would be. The OPP referred this matter to the Royal Canadian Mounted Police. Yes, Father Brookers, yes. And oh. I knew when Ryan Amato was thrown under the bus that that was not going that could not be the end of it. Nope. That could, because that was the first one. They, they yep. tried to keep him for a full week and he left. That means he is feeling the heat. Mm-hmm. We found the spot on the body where it hurts people. Keep pressing. Press. Take that pressure in there and just, mm, let's get him. All right. Have a go. Oh, that made me so happy. I, oh, I go take would. on the day. I knew oh. See ya. Beaver power. I'm Matt Kundle, host of the Sound Off Podcast, the show about podcast and broadcast. Since 2016, we've been speaking with amazing people who have populated your ears for decades. Legendary broadcasters, research wizards, talent experts, podcasters, voice talent, almost 400 stories, all for free. Subscribe or follow the Sound Off Podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon Music, or at soundoffpodcast.com.